Are you ready to have an open and honest discussion about sex and spiritual wellness without secrets, censorship, or barriers? This is Unbuckled with your host, Christy Ann Bella. In this program, there are no topics that are off the table, from religion to health, feelings to sexuality. Get ready to hear from some incredible people. And now, here's Christy Ann Bella. Hello and welcome to Unbuckled with Intimacy Architect, me, Christiane Bella. Hello, hello. And with me today is my amazing guest, Bren. Shift with Bren and Alternative are her businesses that she has created in the magic of alchemy that she is and does. Um, And so we're going to talk to Bren about so many things. I'm so excited. I've I've had the pleasure of working with Bren on on both sides. Bren uh, facilitating stuff for me, me facilitating stuff for Bren. So I'm just super excited to have you on today. So welcome, Bren. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. It's always a blessing to connect with you. Yes. So um, you and I were talking before we hopped on about how what caught my eye when um, I, I got your info for our show today was the idea of the body doesn't lie. And I was like, oh my God, that is so perfect because one of our earlier episodes of this season is about lying and how I came to understand how I learned how to lie and how to start to trust my body again. And so I would love to just jump right in. Where did you first notice the difference between your body being authentic with you and, and being able to kind of decipher mixed signals or false ideas that you, that were, you know, serving you when you were trying to survive, right. Versus like the truth of your body when you're thriving. Yeah. I think the biggest um, indicator for me came with intimacy with um, the, the misalignment that I didn't realize was there, but my, my body was responding in a way that didn't align with my necessarily emotions or my present moment. So as I started my journey of healing, I started learning, you know, meditation, how to connect with my body, learning that I was an alchemist and then starting to observe the behaviors and really become a witness. And that's when I started to realize, especially, um, in intimate, um, Mm -hmm. times with my husband that my body was trauma responsing in ways and times that I wouldn't have anticipated. And I really started to, to question what experiences that my body has walked through and had that I have buried deep Mm -hmm. in the subconscious, or even just don't have the capacity to remember because I was so young. And that's where I started to realize my body's telling me something about my Mm -hmm. past that I may not be consciously aware of. And it's time to start respecting it instead of judging. Because I found myself often really in an emotional stress and blaming myself for my lack of sexual drive, my lack of the the same craving that maybe my husband had and wanting that and and trying to even perform, Mm -hmm. right? Force my body into something that holy cow, I'm trauma responsing. And that is not going to break a cycle or a healthy response to that. Yet I didn't know what I was doing. Right. That was the first indicator when I was just like mind blown. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is a disconnect. And it's something I think we're taught so often is this idea of like, you should power through, 
you know, oh, don't let the fe- your feelings get the best of you. You should power through these things. And that, like you just said, it's like, that's what perpetuates this cycle of disconnect and disassociation instead of pausing. And so we're going to, I'm so excited to share this with everyone. This was a game changer for me. Um, and going in and checking. So pause is an acronym that you created that actually goes through specific steps to help you begin this, this process of examination and in a very loving way, like you said, to be the witness, right. And that's the difference is, is this discernment. It's, it's not judging your body for what it's doing or your feelings or your emotions for what's happening, but it's this ability to witness and observe it that allows this love to come through. And that is, you know, such a facilitator for change. So talk us through the pause method. Yes, definitely. And this can, this method, you know, I developed through all kinds of different experiences and it was pretty much any time that I would get elevated or there'd be a, a a big trauma response or an emotional response to an experience. It could have been at corporate. It could have been in the bedroom. It could have been on the, the road, right? As soon as I hit that fight, flight, or fix it, or my body was shutting down or the nervous system was freaking out, I started to pause And the first instance was at corporate when I started developing this, I had to pause and breathe and I ran to the bathroom instead of going into fight mode. I had to make myself go find a safe space and it was the bathroom for me. And I looked in the mirror and I started breathing and I was like, what is going on? Mm -hmm. And that's when I started developing the pause method. And the first step is the P and it's that perspective. That, that what you talked about being a witness and observing what is going on, what narratives are playing in the mind. And what I try to really stress in this first step is this is not about fixing it. This mm-hmm. is not about, you know, um, even just justifying a lot of times if we start to get in, into this mindset or we're really great at healing or working through our things or doing inner work. The first thing we do is try to fix ourselves or justify it or find our Zen. Like, okay, I'm angry. This is about me. I need to find my Zen again. Well, if we do that and people call it spiritual bypassing, we can miss the message. So there's something really powerful in the P, the perspective where you start to reflect and just let your ego and your mind and your body have its voice for just a moment, right? Because at one point, you might have been victimized and it's okay to honor that emotion and that anger or frustration or whatever's coming through and let it have a voice out of the body. Mm-hmm. So I start, I just look in the mirror and I start letting it like, okay, what are you so angry about? What's the emotion? Where is it in the body? And then I let it have its chatter of like, this did that person and this, this, and they're so this, or I, you know, all the judgment and I just let it come out. No judgment, no shame, Mm -hmm. nothing. Because if I don't let it have a voice, I won't know what I'm really angry about or what I'm really sad about or what judgment I'm really holding on myself. Very critical. So that's the P. Mm -hmm. Do you want to go to the next one? Yes. All right. So a self-awareness. It's that, that awareness. So once you sit with yourself and you hold space for yourself as the witness, now you can start to be like, Whoa, 
what is that storyline really about, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's usually not the instances triggering you or what you're responding to. It's so much deeper. So it's that awareness of what is really going on and what is that narrative telling me? What mm-hmm. am I suppressing and repressing? What am I judging in someone else that I'm judging in myself? Mm-hmm. Or even uh, a key is polarization. What we'll do in duality is um, we'll polarize. So you may be judging like one of mine, I was judging someone for being lazy mm-hmm. and unorganized, but really I was judging myself in that. And I was so polarized where I was never allowed to be lazy or unorganized, mm-hmm. but it was really just my creative side that I wasn't letting be seen. And so I was shameful of that. Mm-hmm. And he was just showing me this version of me that I was shaming. And mm-hmm. once I saw that, I was just like, you start to dissolve the storyline mm-hmm. and the judgment of that person that just showed you an aspect of you. So that's the A. So once you're aware and you start to see that, that's when you can go into unconditional love, Mm. the you, right? So then you start to see things of like, whoa, they're just mirroring something about me. They're just someone showing me that I have a wound or that I had emotions stored deep in that I hadn't allowed myself to process. And you start to look through the lens of unconditional love. Mm. What did they show me? How can I see them with unconditional love? And most of all, how can I see myself with unconditional love? What does that look like? Oh my gosh, I am judging myself and you showed me and it was all about my creation and being unorganized and that that's okay, right? And then that's when the S comes in the shift. As -hmm. soon as you see that, you can shift from the mind, which is the one that's judging down to the heart space that's discerning. You know, it's okay to discern. That's about safety and resonance. It's not about separation, anger, hate. It's about love, grace, compassion. So then I take that time to sit with my heart space and truly ask myself, what am I grateful for, for this person or this experience that really shook me up? and be able to like go and thank them for that instead of judge them, be able to walk up and say, I love you and thank you for showing me Mm -hmm. that I judged this aspect of myself. And then my favorite is the E, which is expand, because Mm -hmm. you can be really aware. You can Mm -hmm. be super aware. But if you don't action it or take the step to truly expand, you can still repeat a cycle. And I do it. We all do it. Nothing wrong with it. We may not be ready to expand. We may have just found this layer. And it's going to take a little bit for our body and our neurological response to be reprogrammed to not trauma response. Totally okay. But you can take small steps to then expand. For example, I walk straight to that person as soon as I'm no longer elevated. I've had wounds take me six weeks before I could approach that person and say, thank you without elevation. And I wait, I won't have communication. Or if I ask for space and just say, I'm processing something, I need time. But as soon as I get to that heart space again, and I really feel all I need to feel and I transmute it, I go straight to them. That's my expansion step. As I say, Hey, I'd like to talk to you about something if you're open. And then I tell them what, what, how, what I perceived and what my thoughts were and my narratives of my me concept. Mm-hmm. And then I say, thank you. And that I appreciate you and hug it out if they're willing. And I've just 
can completely expand my consciousness and really shift from duality and separation to unconditional love. I love that. And that's why it's shift with Bren. Yes. Because I think this idea of, of shifting, it's like you were saying, like, like safety is a loving thing. You know, I think there's, there's times when we're, and I love how you use the word elevated over triggered necessarily. It's, you know, like this heightened state of emotion, there's moments when that happens and like we do, we, we, you know, those of us who are in the, the, I'm so woke, (laughs) we, we have this tendency to like spiritually bypass it. Um, or if that isn't the world that you play in, then it's just shut it down. It's just avoid, avoid, avoid. Um, and so the ability to see that, you know, your body is, and your, your emotions are attempting to keep you safe. And so how can you create safety with love? And that involves actually shifting the, the under layers, you know, that, that there is this backstory that needs to be witnessed, you know? And, um, so what are some hacks, if you will, um, of not getting caught in the story? Cause this was something you definitely helped me with of not being stuck in the story of it, but being able to see the story and, and go to, okay, but like now what now right here, what is happening? What, how is this affecting you now? Yes. And I think there, there is, um, it's an art to that. And it's, it can be different every time because you have to one honor that your body's telling it doesn't feel safe, but at the same time, try to bring your body and mind to the present moment to reprogram. And you, if we stay in the story and the body just, it'll just keep trauma responsing. Mm -hmm. So there's that, it's that expand part is also what can I do to reprogram my trauma response, right. And bring myself to the present moment. So some, some tips that I do one immediately pause, I immediately pause and I sit. And as soon as my body mind wants to flight, fight or fix it, I don't, I Mm. sit in it. Oh, Mm. I sit in it. And it's the most uncomfortable feeling. And I go to my heart and I, I call it in sometimes I just to my heart and I hold space to allow the feelings to come through. And I find my safe space. And sometimes it's just me by myself in my car. And, and it even took so long to get to where my safe space was my husband to mm. really surrender and be vulnerable in his arms, because that wasn't safe for me to be vulnerable for so long. Mm. And I let it move through me as best mm. I can. And even when I do still go to fix, it, it's a common one for me. I want to fix myself and not be upset, not be angry and not be sad, not be wailing and crying. Mm -hmm. Um, I just have grace. Even if I Mm -hmm. only let a little layer out a lot of grace and compassion, because right now we are reprogramming some of the deepest wounds and belief systems that we have as humans, right? Some of the around safety and security and being part of a community or being accepted, our insecurities are being reflected to where That's the oldest programming we have that in order to survive way back when, when we started being humans and being created, you had to fit in because if not, you died, right? So, so when I realized I was reprogramming that, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, it's okay. It's not going to be overnight. If you are sad one day about that, let it out. And it's okay if it comes back around in a month or next week, you're angry 
we're going to keep reprogramming, but the key tip is to, to pause and breathe and try to choose something other than the trauma response, other than fight, flight, or fix it. Because if you can sit in it and get comfortable being uncomfortable for just a moment, you'll be surprised how much you can let out of the body and out of the mind so that you then fill that void with unconditional love and grace. Oh, I love that. I, I know I use this term a lot too, this idea of holding space. And so for those who might be listening, who that's like this new concept, or maybe you've heard it a lot and you're like, what does that mean? (laughs) Like, how do you do that? Like, what is that? Um, talk to me a little bit more. Like you said, you found a safe space in your car. So sometimes it is like logistically a space, but also, as you mentioned this idea of, and I think that's one of the most challenging things I know for me, because I love to make it go away. I want to be like, I am smarter than whatever is happening. Watch. I can like, I can make it happen. I can, I can like, you know, psychologically do all the the hula hooping (laughs) until it's all better. Um, And so talk to me more about like, what does holding space and how does self-care come into the ability to to hold space for yourself or, or someone else, if, if that is what you're called to do? Yeah. So I think the big thing about holding space comes back to, it's about witnessing and observing whether it's you or someone that comes into your reality or a group of people. So my current um, expansion and opportunity for me was to learn how to hold space for a group of people that were in completely different cycles of their life and their journey with different beliefs and mindsets and being able to see things from my perspective and my view that um, I could feel the chaos in the room and I could feel the egos being triggered and I could feel all of it. And I started to get uncomfortable and um, started to insert myself. Mm. Well, that was fixing it, right? Just because I got overwhelmed sensitivity because I can can read energy and feel energy at um, some different levels. I got overwhelmed and um, my trauma response was to fix it and try to get everyone to maybe practice active listening or, you know, communicate in different ways that were more comfortable to have a healthy conversation. But what I realized really holding space is you really just observe and you hold a space of, of unconditional love and grace for everything happening around you. And you don't have that need to be heard or seen or the need to fix it. And when someone is ready or willing or is looking for that support, they'll ask you. And if not, I just listen. And I, then if they don't, if they are just talking to me, I ask them eventually like, you know, what, what do you need? What would help you? Um, are you just looking to vent? It's always questions, um, verse, telling someone a different perspective mm-hmm. because they may not be ready. Um, and they may just be wanting to release a story out of their mind. And the minute we try to, to tell a, a different perspective, we're trying to fix, and then they feel like they're not enough and they feel like someone's trying to fix them. And it just continues the cycle. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just happened between my, me and my husband last week when my ego was all upset and it was getting angry and he was trying to like justify the other side or talk me off a cliff. But I finally said, can you just let my ego be mad for a minute because I need to hear it mm-hmm. and I needed it out. And I knew it was mm-hmm. being irrational and it was the ego, but I love the ego too, because it's mm-hmm. part of creation. And, and if, and all I was looking for, for my safe space was to be witnessed, 
to be heard, and maybe to ask me questions to learn more. So when you hold space, you seek to understand because you never, ever, ever could know the other person's perspective. You may have a similar journey, but we'll never understand what creation Mm -hmm. looks like through the eyes of each other because it's truly independent to our reality and creation. So I just seek to understand and then understand what they might be looking for because they made just one event. I love that. I love that. So I, I love that you said that you love the ego because I think in the spiritual community, it's of in this idea of like, like death to the ego. And it's like, no, the ego serves a purpose. <laughs> it, you know, I'm not saying it should drive the bus, but but it does have a job. And so how did you learn to be unconditionally loving even to your ego? Mm, Yeah. And that was a hard one. Um, what I, when I shifted that mindset was I realized like if I was trying to fix it or change it, I was still judging the ego, Mm. the mind, the mechanism of creation. And it still is an aspect of creation that is serving a purpose, right? We, we do need to make sure that our vessels are protected because they are not infinite. Mm -hmm. And so the mind and the body are amazing pieces of my creation of source manifested as Bren that are protecting my vessel. Um, but just sometimes they cannot be present. Mm -hmm. And if it is that I just realized like, Oh, my ego is kind of like my little child. Right. And I step Mm -hmm. into mother energy. Mm -hmm. And in the past I might've been a, you know, devouring mother over for protective, Mm -hmm. or when I didn't realize that it was my little child trauma responsing, I was just like, you know, why are you being so ridiculous? Like, just do this. Like there's nothing wrong. And I was just being really, um, insensitive Mm -hmm. because I didn't understand that it was my inner child crying about trauma that had been Mm -hmm. through in the past. And the last thing you do with a child and trauma is try to speak logic to it or tell it just to get up and brush its knees off and go. Um, I feel like there's a disconnect there that we really miss the opportunity Mm -hmm. to let the trauma transmute out of the body and mind. And then we end up adults wondering why the heck we're so upset at our partner that is just showing us an aspect that um, was something uncomfortable in childhood. Mm -hmm. And that's where working with someone and having open Mm -hmm. communication and awareness and holding space for each other and yourself simultaneously, it can get, it can get tricky. Mm -hmm. It can be confusing, but it can be really powerful when you can come together with someone you trust Mm -hmm. and is a safe space for you to even share that you are trauma responsive. You don't know why, and it's not about them, but you don't feel safe. And I remember the first time my husband was like, I don't understand how we can be together for 11 years and, and I not be safe for you. And I was like, I had to try to explain what was going on. And that's when I found sometimes the only place I felt safe was my car. And that was a big shock for me. Like, whoa. And if I don't feel safe, if you have a, a program in, in your body and mind that you don't feel safe, you actually project more of that out there that just validates the mind. Mm-hmm. So I kept seeing things of like, see, that person's not safe. See, mm-hmm. that's not safe. And I was like, whoo, I've got some programming in this beautiful mm-hmm. computer that I can can change and um, change my reality because it's all just a projection. Right. I mean, I think that's one of the trickiest and liberating things is to realize like I'm creating this story and I created this story. <laughs> it's 
<laughs> well, shit. Um, so yeah, I'm, you know, having that compassion to, to say that, you know, of course the four agreements, like, right. You don't take it personally. It's, it's not about you. And, and to be able to say like, yeah, that this is, this is right now, this is not, you know, but right now, this is what safe safety looks like for me. And I cannot process what's going on if I'm not feeling safe. So uh, we're getting ready to take a break, but I want to give everyone who's listening ways to get in touch with you um, because Brenda's amazing. And I highly, highly recommend, recommend her. And when we come back from break, we're going to talk about light language stuff and it's going to be fabulous. Yeah. But um, so if you are on social media, which I imagine most of you are, you can find Bren on Instagram. It's shift with Bren. So that's S H I F T W I T H B R E N shift with Bren. And you can also find her. And this is where you'll get great products. I love, I have her room spray, which is like a room clearing spray. So if you're not someone who stages, but you still want to like clear your space, she has a great room clearing spray. I'm about to get a whole bunch of bug away spray. So I don't have mosquito bites this summer. Um, And so you can get all these fabulous products at alter underscore native official. So that's A L T E R underscore N A T I V E O F F I C A L alternative official. Um, great source for products and shift with Bren to work with Bren one-on-one. Are you still doing those awesome, like monthly where you get to leave the, the Voxer messages and stuff? I am. I still have my, my, my queen bee program. If you're going through big leaps or big shifts and you need that, that support, I'm still offering that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was absolutely one of my favorites. Cause it's just like, if I had something running through my head. I could just like, here's my download and just have somebody reflect to me again, not fixing it, just being like, Hey, here's what I'm witnessing. (laughs) And then it just gave me space to like go through and be like, okay, oh, I see it. I see this pattern. I see this thing. Like, all right. Um, And there's just something so powerful about that safe space of being witnessed, especially for me as, as someone with childhood trauma who felt unseen and unheard to just have someone like, I see it. I see it. I hear it. It is real. It is valid. And, and it's just like that permission then comes in of just like, okay, I can let this go now. Like, I don't, I'm not holding on to it, waiting for someone to be like, it happened. (laughs) It's really real. Um, so great stuff. So we will be back in just a moment with Bren of shift with Bren. And thank you so much for listening. It's unbuckled with Christiane Bella. Think about how much sound you hear all the time. Noise, music, your own heartbeat. What is it made of? How does it work? How does it affect you? The universe of music takes you into the particles of life and the beat of living. It is an interactive online masterclass of music and science taught by the internationally renowned musician and scholar, Dr. Marcin Bella. Visit theuniverseofmusic.com. That's theuniverseofmusic.com. Are you tired of having the same fight over and over again? Is it hard to remember a time when you felt close to each other? Before you call it quits, do you want to do something to rebuild that spark of intimacy? Of course you do. Ignite the passion like never before with Intimacy Architecture. 
text 626-310-5159 to set up your relationship consultation. Again, text 626-310-5159. You are listening to Unbuckled with Christy Ann Bella. Reach out to Christy Ann with any questions or comments at intimacyarchitect at gmail.com. That's intimacyarchitect at gmail.com. Christy Ann welcomes your emails. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. This is Intimacy Architect, Christiane Bella, and you are listening to Unbuckled as we open up and reveal all the juicy stuff behind sexuality and spiritual wellness. We are talking today with Bren of Shift with Bren, and we were about to dive into some fascinating stuff um, in the world of alchemy and this idea of transmuting and shifting your, your pain into purpose. And I love the way you put this, um, releasing trauma to make releasing trauma of the past to make a room for the full embodiment and power and purpose in the present it's liberation through truth and empowerment. So how, because I feel like there, you know, at least for me anyway, I definitely was like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to take the, the lemons of my life and make them into lemonade. And so I held on to my pain for a good period of time. Cause I was like, Oh, if I let this go, am I losing the lesson? Am I like, if I heal the wound, does the wisdom disappear? Um, and so tell me about your own personal journey with that of, of being in this place of like, okay, how do I heal this and, and show up at the same time or yeah. <laughs> flowing? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's huge because, um, you know, those storylines and narratives of our past experiences, if we hold on to them, they create more of our reality. And when I realized that I was living the storyline of my wound and that it wasn't allowing me to transcend or transmute that into love, um, because I was afraid of who I would be without it. Right. I was scared to be in this void or this emptiness. And all I knew was dense energy. All I knew was what I carried for so long, because all we can know is our experiences. So when I started leaping and really trusting my heart and was being asked to leap into the unknown to transcend duality and start to navigate some, some multidimensionality, um, I had to, I had to let it go and be okay that I didn't lean into it. But what I realized is, which I kept telling my, my mind, I have heart mind conversations where my heart was saying, you don't die when you let this go. I know it feels like death and it is a rebirth. It's, but it's just a a change. It's just a transmutation. Mm -hmm. And now instead of coming from a wounded place where I was seeking revenge or, Mm -hmm. or my most recent reality and, and epiphany was I was flexing into the mother that I wanted when I was little, which was really an abandonment and a rejection wound, which was actually blocking my abundance mm-hmm. and receiving because I became the giver mother. And it was just because my mom worked all the time and wasn't emotionally and physically available. But as a child in the mind, I put a program in that I was, was rejected. I didn't have the nurturing that I was mm-hmm. craving and needed as a child. And so then 
in response, I flipped it and I stopped receiving. I blocked my receiving and I said, I'm going to be the mother to every child in this world Mm -hmm. and give and give and give, even if it was my own sacrifice. And so even though I was coming from the heart and I was Mm -hmm. serving people, it was still a wounded state. And Mm -hmm. and I couldn't figure out why I was never receiving or why I was so tired Mm -hmm. or why I was feeling so rejected. And And it was because it was still a wounded story. I hadn't actually alchemized that and felt that pain mm-hmm. and it was still in my body. So it was still manifesting. And I was like, but I want to receive, I receive, I receive, but there was a blockage so deep mm-hmm. until I really got to the story and allowed myself to hear it, feel it, cry it out. And then I call my mom and I'm like, I love you. I know you did the best you can, mm-hmm. you know, what she needed to hear. And it allowed me to, again, clear dense energy in space. That's alchemy because it's just energy. There's nothing right or wrong. It just was heavy and dense and we're getting lighter and lighter. Mm -hmm. And by clearing that and opening the void, I was able to then open it up to fill it with Mm -hmm. my power, my divine Mm -hmm. power, which is huge and help embody that unconditional love, that Christ consciousness, right? Heaven on earth mm. is here. We just have to make room. And that's what I help. I help people really embody their true power, which is massive mm-hmm. in this human form and walk this earth in unconditional love and grace. Oh, I love it. And you do it so well. Thank you. <laughs> um, so the, I love that you brought up the Christ consciousness, uh, because I think this is especially because we're here in the Bible belt where we, you know, we're here in Nashville, Tennessee, this idea of, of this martyrdom that I think was like, just such a misconceived notion. And so like you were saying, you were sacrificing you with the best of intentions from a very loving place. We're giving to a fault. And, and so, you know, the Christ consciousness is really, I think one of, of like you were talking about earlier, this idea of expansion, you know, this idea of being beyond the body, but choosing, like choosing to activate the power here in this form, like the, yeah, the heaven on earth. And, and it's like, sure, sure. We, we can die and be resurrected. Absolutely. Like we, we'll go back to source. It's what, you know, it's, what's, it's the only way, um, or at least it's, you know, my theory on the only way, but tell me a little bit about how did you, because were you re- raised with any sort of religious idea or did you come to Christ consciousness in this like spiritual world? Yeah, I didn't. Um, I wasn't really, I was exposed to a little bit of, of religion, um, you know, born in Utah. And then, um, you know, kind of my friends went to church when I was young and I, I never felt, I felt rejected. Mm-hmm. I also observed, you know, on Saturday night, people would go out and be one version of themselves. And then they'd come to church and judge the other. So I always picked up on judgment and I felt like I just didn't fit in. And, and then I felt like I didn't know anything and, and I just couldn't get to the truth of it. And so I started to actually reject it. I had a God wound. I had, um, a religious like judgment. I, that's why I rejected, I rejected it hardcore. I didn't want to identify with anything. You put me in a box. I would run the other way. Mm -hmm. Hate boxes because it just Mm -hmm. is division. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm here to transcend that. So I just had this like negative maybe response to it, which was fine. I was judging. I didn't know at the time and I was learning lessons, but, um, it was because I just, 
could see the, um, the judgment that was already embedded in that program. And it just is a program and there is truth in it. And I started to kind of find myself learning. And when people would try to categorize me, they would be like, Oh, you know, are like, are you atheist? And I was like, well, what is that? I would always ask, like, I would, I just don't know categories. So I'd be like, well, what's that category? I was like, no, that doesn't fit. And then like agnostic, I was like, Hmm, yeah, maybe. Cause I don't like think there's nothing. Right. So I started just down this path of like, well, if you want to categorize me, what the heck am I? So I started learning and exploring and I started finding truth that resonated with me in everything. And then I also found stuff that did not resonate. Mm -hmm. And if it brought unity, love, um, grace, peace, like I was like, yeah, let's do that. Right. So I Mm -hmm. found it in, you know, Sanskrit all of a sudden, and I was starting looking at just all kinds of different cultures and religions and beliefs. And I just found what resonated and I started meditating and I found my own truth within by just really discerning. Does that resonate or not? Mm that resonates true to me right now. Okay. Let's go down that a little bit. And I just layer by layer learned about myself and released any judgment that I held, released dense energy, opened up my channel. And then now it's like, boom, light language is coming now. And I'm like, well, what's light language? Huh? Well, look in the Bible, Genesis 11, one, the earth was of one language, right? Mm. It's the, the language isn't everywhere. We just like to divide and categorize and, Mm -hmm. and, and have our own spin on it. Totally fine. You strip it down. Usually people are afraid of death. We want to be loved. It's that simple. And we all come from the same source. Right. It really is. It's not that complicated. (laughs) Um, and so an, an aspect of, of one of your many brilliant skill sets that you share is babble with Bren. Um, and I love that you use the word babble because I grew up Catholic. So you learned about the tower of Babel and this whole idea. Um, but tell me a little bit about really the, I think the side of the the term Babel that we don't see, which is like this beautiful aspect of it. And then, yeah, let's talk a little bit more because you've done light language work with me. You did it with my husband. It was like a game changer for him. He still talks about that to this day. And that was like months ago. He's like, oh man, that like, it just like, like woke something up. Um, so yeah, so let's dive into to, uh, yeah, the, the babble, babble with Bren. Yeah. There's a fun story behind that because, you know, I started leaping and trusting and, um, really pushed my boundaries, my physical and mental boundaries by leaving the corporate system, selling my house. Like I I wouldn't allow myself to have any safety mechanism so that I could find every ounce of fear and doubt that was in there and trust and have faith and strip away all of that density. And as I did that, I found all of a sudden a channel that just moved through me. And before I knew it, I was speaking this language and I just, I didn't judge it. I didn't question it. It just came out like spontaneous. I was driving down the road after a a healing work with a beautiful friend, drum circle, ice bath, sauna. We were like helping each other find our rhythm and be safe with our voices. And I left there and I was like, that was fun. I'm like driving down. And it was just like, Boof! all of a sudden coming out, my hands started doing symbols. I did it the whole way home and almost like a trance, which I was like, how did I get like, I really wasn't safe, but it just did. Like I was totally divinely protected. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't even speak to my husband when I got home because I wasn't sure if I could go back to English. Mm -hmm. 
I was like, I just stared at him and asked him to give me a minute. And I went and the dogs were so excited because they could read my energy. And I started talking to them and they're like, yeah, I understand you. (laughs) And I sat for a minute and I finally made it to him. And I was like, I think I'm speaking light language. And I'd heard the term light language a little bit in like some of the spiritual realm. And I'd heard like uh, someone sing it once and it really shifted in my body and I could feel it. I didn't know what it was. And I told him and and we decided to meditate and pray on it and sleep on it and all that. So we actually both ended up, I think, taking a nap the next day. And like, I was like, I'm just going to go in and ask for guidance on this. Cause I do a ton of dream work. And I just, we both went down boof, and I came out of there I was like, whoa, I shot out of bed. I told my husband, I woke him up. I said, reprogramming DNA and limiting beliefs. This is what this language does. This is his light language. And he said, look up the word babble. And I was like, first I was like, like I'm babbling. Cause it does. It sounds like I'm babbling. Right. And he's like, yeah, but no, it's B-A-B-E-L. And mm-hmm. I said, okay. And he's like, it's Genesis. And I'm like, Genesis, mm-hmm. like grab the Bible. And I'm like, 10 Bibles. Like we have so many books and Bibles, like everything is a source and from source. Right. So we grab that plop it open. And I'm like, of course, 11, one, like one, one, one Ascension, all of that. And I read that, that whole story about the tower of Babel and, and what right before that story, it was the earth creation was of one language. They were unified. We were unified. And then humans, the story is about humans were building up this tower and there's some perceptions of that. It was like an ego thing that they could reach the heavens, but it even says the Lord saw that humanity was limitless Mm -hmm. as one. And it's true. And then we were divided. So my perspective on it is that, yeah, we, when we were unified, we are limitless. And, but we chose collectively to diversify, to go have an experience as human beings. And then we have multiple cultures, all kinds of religions, all kinds of languages to learn a different perspective of us, right? How do I know love if I don't know pain, Mm. sadness? I'm here to be human, to feel things, touch things, hear things, experience things. Um, But we've also got really far in division. So Mm -hmm. now what's happening is we've decided as a collective, to come back together, to unify, to transcend this duality and separation. We've learned a lot, but it's gotten polarized so far to cause harm to creation and earth. And now it's like, hey guys, remember when we were one? (laughs) Let's come back together. And now this language is coming through me. And what I'm finding is it helps to bring unity, consciousness Mm -hmm. back into creation by I give the body a voice, I give the mind a voice, I give the soul a voice, I give the earth a voice, I give the heavens a voice, and it's the voice of creation, the language of creation. So the ego can't necessarily attach to something or reject something. The body doesn't necessarily trauma response, but yet it responds. Mm-hmm. And it's been fascinating. I even do hold space for myself. I'm feeling something and I don't know what's going on light language. It comes out. I let it out emotionally. I don't attach to it. It's like effortless alchemy. Just there's no story. It's just beautiful language of creation and there's nothing to attach to because it's unity. I love that because that's where, again, you know, I think sometimes I'm 
too smart for my own good in my, in my quest of, of therapy and spirit is like, I will just dance around in my head and like go down the rabbit holes. And so when I worked with you on this, it was just like, yeah, I couldn't. And it was one of the reasons why I was drawn to Sanskrit. When I first started chanting, I was like, this is great. I cannot go to that part of my brain that is going to start picking it apart. It's just like, it is just moving pure energy with sound, which I mean, vibration. I'm like, you know, energy responds to it's, it's vibrating. It is, it's alive. And so, you know, you're moving these vibrations and these tones and these frequencies to shift the energy in a place that is like beyond, yeah, that, that ego part of the brain of like, I can figure it out. And so it just, it's just such this pure state. And, um, and as you were sharing, all like, it kept coming to me was like, you know, in the beginning, there was the word and the word was God. And it's like, God is, you know, this, this oneness. Uh, one of the things that, that I learned is this idea of like God being an acronym for generating, organizing and delivering, you know, and it's like that, that ability to kind of, yeah, like see it's being created and like, and then what do we do with these creations? And then how do we move these creations? <laughs> Um, and so just to be able to play with that is, is just such a beautiful thing and to trust yourself. Right. And I think that comes back to where we started is this ability to start trusting the vessel and the body. Um, and so tell me a little bit about distinguishing the intuition from the trauma response. Like what have you learned about kind of seeing the two and, and really learning to to fall into that place of the truth of the body. Yes. And that, oh, discernment, right. And I just, I just recently went through it, right. You, you kind of ask like, how do you, how do you find this love for the ego? You know, it's when I realized that the ego was actually part of my intuition or my body and mind's way of telling me I'm not in unconditional love right now, or there's something still in my body or mind that is not rooted in unconditional love or in a, in a frequency of for me to hold Christ consciousness, um, or my true essence. Mm -hmm. And so when that comes in, I, again, that allows me to hold the space to be like, okay, anchors here, step back from the situation. And I start to ask my anger, like, what are you so angry about? I get go through the pause method, the storylines, but then I, I get to a place of, okay, here's what's really showing you. Now, what can you do with that? Because there is a, a righteous anger. Like the emotions are also something we can create with. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, like you think about the time of Jesus walking this earth, he, he shook shit up, right? Mm -hmm. He caused destruction when it needed to be, yeah destroyed and caused unity where unity wasn't always, it was love, but, but in a way that it delivered and served the purpose mm -hmm. of unity. And so, and he knew when it, someone wasn't ready or, or a community wasn't ready for him, he would walk the other way. He, and he trusted mm -hmm. that he would be where he would be the right time serving mm -hmm. whoever that was right in front of him. So that's mm -hmm. that like spontaneous and intuitive. And it's always that that first response. And I know if I'm neutral in something, mm. if I'm neutral in it and it just, it's a yes or it's a no, it just feel, I feel it. Mm. I know that I'm in my heart space and I'm just flowing. Mm. If I get elevated or there's emotion or I'm like, mm. really like fight, flight, bite. I'm like, okay, this is telling me something let's discern. Mm. And then it could be a combination where 
it's trauma, but also intuition where my trauma was actually telling me this is similar to the past. This is a red flag. Do you want to repeat this? Or what does this look like this cycle Mm. in the heart space? So like my most recent was business. It was a business Mm. thing. I got really upset. I saw, whoa, I'm way over here on the side of the pendulum with something around like my business and my website website. And I'd already done like so much work to it. And here I was recreating it again, Mm. but then they weren't necessarily understanding me. And I had this wound about being misunderstood and keep having to tell people who I am and it not being Mm. resonating. And then I, when I stripped it all back, my anger was about being misunderstood. And my judgment was about this, this person and their consciousness level or how they performed or what Mm. they delivered to the best of their ability. It wasn't enough for me. Mm. I wanted to receive what I was putting out right back but that's still judgment. I was still like expecting something from someone that their journey is their journey. And I'm not going to, not everyone's going to resonate. Not everyone's going to give back what I put out and that that's okay. But then I get to discern and say, Mm -hmm. okay, what do I do with that? I could take it all back and control it all myself. And then I'd be super resentful because I don't want to be a website designer. I could totally dissolve my entire business. I about wanted to light everything on fire. I was like, and fight gone. Right. Mm -hmm. Or I could pause and find that heart space solution, Mm -hmm. which was me calling in my content manager manager to be my interpreter because she knows both sides to merge feel and me with Mm -hmm. functional 3d, but she can communicate and it doesn't require more of my energy. And she was like, I'm in, I was like, good. Cause if not, I was about to dissolve this shit. Right. So it's, it's, it's difficult sometimes Mm -hmm. to manage, which is why it's great to have those people that are your safe Mm -hmm. space that you can call and be like, I need a witness to help me here. And then they ask you questions. And before you know it, you've shifted. Yes. And that's curiosity. You know, I, I think being curious with ourselves, there's so much compassion and curiosity. So the ability, yeah, to, to invite yourself to, to look around and, and to invite safe people, you know, people that you, you can be vulnerable in a healthy state with to help you reflect through these questions through just like, okay, well, let's, let's look at, you know, why without judgment, but just like, let's see, let's see what we find. You know, it's, it's a fun adventure as opposed to what's wrong with me. Um, is like, you know, well, I wonder why, you know, why, why is this cycle occurring? What, what is it trying to teach me? What do I get to learn? How do I get to, to shift this? Because yeah, I think, you know, trauma does fight, fight, you know, like those fear programs are there for a reason. And so, yeah. So if something, if I'm like, oh, that doesn't feel good, you know, to be able to sit with myself and be like, okay, so it doesn't feel good. Is this something where I'm like, oh, it doesn't feel good, but I want to go through it. Or is it, no, this doesn't feel good. And we need to leave it right here and let it go. And we're going to do something else that feels safer. And just to be able to, you know, be, be patient with yourself in that practice, as you start to build that muscle to see when is it time to go through this thing? And when is it time to just be like, oh no, that was that was my red flag and we know, and we're going to, you know, take a, take that pause. (laughs) Yeah. And I think something with that one too, it's really important here is 
it's never wrong what you choose. Even I've had times where it's like, oh, that was a trauma response. I avoided that. And that was my opportunity to speak my truth and change a cycle. But I don't go back to that. That's the past. It will come back for you. The cycle will show up again. And then you'll already know, oh, here's my opportunity to speak up and say, hey, when you do this X, Y, Z, or this is what comes up for me. And you get to have a conversation where you avoided the conversation. So you just weren't ready. Then we don't have to dwell on it. We have grace, but then we say this next time I'm going to, I'm going to push my boundaries a little bit because it is safe and I'm going to use my voice. So, so it's awareness, awareness and deciding, okay, next time I'm going to reprogram. I'm going to step through fear. I'm going to walk forward with faith, even if fear is right there. And that's just extra baggage. You're going to do it anyway. You might as well let it go. But sometimes we get to go walk with it because we're learning something and we're expanding. Absolutely. And it does, it spirals. It will always, it's like, I kind of always think of it like that's that children's song. It's like, it's a song that never ends. It will come back around again. Like it, it always does whatever that is like that lesson, that opportunity, whatever it is, like you know, it, you'll catch it next time there, there's another boat. It's <laughs> so, yeah. so just let it be. Um, well, it has been so wonderful talking to you. We're, we're wrapping up here, but I want to, um, just remind everyone again, you can find Bren on Instagram at shift with Bren, and you can also find all of the wonderful products and, um, everything that she's created. It is holistic healing, um, holistic healing marketplace that you can find on alter underscore native official on Instagram as well. And I highly recommend checking out the light language, checking out the queen bee program. They have been game changers in my life. Um, and it has been an absolute delight to talk with you, Bren. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yes. And thank you for listening and honoring and just providing this platform for people to, to use their voice and just be who they are. It's, it's needed right now. So thank you. Yes. Yes. Empowering each other to be, our most authentic selves, because yes, we, we all are here, um, to share and to shine. And so I, I just, I love working with people like you and, um, and getting to share these messages. So thank you all for listening. You have been tuning into unbuckled with me, intimacy architect, Christiane Bella, helping you to reveal and unravel sexuality and spiritual wellness. It has been an absolute delight until next time. Bright blessings. Thank you for listening to Unbuckled. You can join Christy Ann Bella for another program with amazing guests, stories, and advice every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be sure to check out our new show coming soon. 